Welcome back to the program. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I thank you, and I praise you for the ways that you love us. I thank you for marriage. I thank you for the gift of Carrie and my uh, sacrament. And Lord, I just ask that that grace of the sacrament would be at work in our lives and in the the lives of all those who are married. And Lord, I pray for our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that have that call to be married. I pray, Lord, for their future spouses. I pray for their discernment. I pray for their protection, the protection of those that are called to be married and of their parents. Lord, bless and protect them as well. Lord, raise up many happy, holy, healthy marriages. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I never did that before, Carrie. I, uh, I, I, I've prayed a lot through the years for our kids that are called to be married for their future spouses. And someone said to me, do you, I don't, do you remember who it was that said to us, you know, you shouldn't just pray for your kids' future spouses, for those that are called to be married, but you should be praying for your kids' future spouses' parents because they play such a critical role in forming, leading, providing, and protecting the kids, that those kids that are going to be your future in-laws, son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws. And it's like by praying for them, you're getting like that added benefit, that fuller covering over the kids. That's really beautiful. No, I don't remember who said that. I, I, I don't know. I really like the idea. Actually, so I made that up, what I was saying. Yeah. Let me just, let <laughs> me kind of rewind. You I think brilliant? With, I came up Fantastic. with that idea on my own. I've never heard it before. Now, I, I don't know who said it, but I was like, wow, I think that's really cool. So today in Sound Insight, we're going to pick up on the theme that I've been sharing the last two days. The last two days I've been talking about uh, a, a, a principle, Carrie. There's a principle in theology. It's from Hansers von Balthasar. And, and the principle was this. A beautiful object ought to be talked about in a beautiful way. A beautiful object ought to be talked about in a beautiful way. So you don't want crass speech present, harsh language present when you're describing a sunset, a beautiful bouquet of flowers, a, a sleeping baby that is just, uh, what, precious, right? You want to be able to let there be a fittingness between what is said so that it it corresponds to the reality of what's being spoken about. So I took that same principle and I applied it. A personal reality ought to be talked about in a personal way. And so over the last two or three programs of Sound Insight, I've been teaching on and sharing about prayer in a way that is personal, in a way that is helping folks to connect to the living God, who's a personal Lord, by sharing my personal experience of prayer and of the rosary. And I, and I broke it down into 10 sentences, like 10 sentences that you can say in prayer that will help you develop your personal prayer life. Well, today, I'm like, hey, why don't we do that for our program on marriage and family? Why don't we talk about ways that you can live your married life in a personal way? and develop that personal relationship between you and your spouse. And what better way to do that than a glass of wine. I definitely need to go get that bottle. (laughs) So you want us to share intimately about, I'm not sure. Well, I I printed out a hundred questions and those hundred questions um, are going to be surprises because you don't know among those hundred which which ones I'm going to ask you and I don't know which ones you're going to ask me. And we're going to trust that the Spirit will be at work and that it's going to uh, it's going to display in the moment like the reality of... Uh, <laughs> you're you're, you're hoping for a lot here. <laughs> it's like, I thought it... So is this the papers in front of me or questions? I need glasses. Yes, the papers in front of okay. you are from a website that focuses on the family. So it's a Christian-based website. And it they do a lot on marriage and family, right? On parenting and, and married life. And, and I'm like, well, let's, let's lean on them. They've, I mean, there's a lot of questions. So if you don't like one, you don't have to pick it. All right. And, and the goal isn't to pick the hardest question. It's not stump your spouse. Oh. Right? That is <laughs> Wait, hold not on. the Let goal. Let me just throw that sheet out the door. I don't want to Ooh, ask any from the, there. Your you darkest, lost all deepest of those, struggle. All no, of okay, those we won't ask that. questions. Actually, let me ask a question. Oh, no. I, I already got one. No, I ah, hey, not. Can I go first? I kind of, it's kind of a cool question. It's related to that concept of vocation. 
when you look at our kids, how often do you think about their um, state in life, the, the, the vocation that God has for them? And when you do, is there any kid that when you think about that one, you, you say for sure, you know what, that one is called to be married, for instance, or that one is called to be a priest, or that one's called to be a religious. Does that ever come to mind for you with any of our kids? Yes. Um, that's an interesting question. I feel like I should, okay, so should I give you the answer that I feel like I should give you or the one that's like real? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the reality, right? <laughs> no. um, what's really endearing is uh, we went to that wedding, my niece's, our niece's wedding this summer. And after the wedding, our girls that are teenagers were so excited about finding a spouse and getting married. I mean, they were, if we're not married by the time we graduate from college, that I just don't know what I'll do. That would be the worst thing. And it was interesting because a lot of their friends that they were around um, in Seattle, that was not their goal or their vision of life. It was almost like if you got married too soon, you were going to ruin your prospects of a full, experienced, traveled life. And... When they said this, and then one of them was like, oh, I just want to have babies. I love these little babies so much. And she has become like a baby hog, which I didn't know about her until we were around a few babies the last couple of years. Um, It just made my heart so happy. And you would think, oh, if my daughter was going to become a doctor or she was going to become this amazing musician or maybe play like well, conquer all, corporate America, right? Yeah. It, or, it, uh, climb the, the uh, corporate ladder or right? maybe, Make you a know, difference. yeah, just, you know, your, your success could be in many ways. It could be like, you know, mastering a, a sport or a, an instrument or something. But when she, and when they were talking about it, it just made me feel so joyful. And I don't know why I just was really happy for them. Like they felt really comfortable and good and content with just doing that, which is not just doing that, because that's what most of the secularists will say is, oh, you're just going to be a stay-at-home mom and have kids. And um, just recently, she commented on this whole reality. And she said, Mom, do you know that if I stay home with kids, that is the greatest sacrifice I can make. That is the greatest gift I can give my children and my spouse is to be home with them, forming them. And I was just like, I love Franciscan University. <laughs> yeah, like, who are you? Where did you I come from? I don't think I had that in mind when I got married to you. I'd, I, w- I wasn't trying to climb a corporate ladder, but I don't know if I even was, I don't know if I even pondered those questions. Yeah, I, I think it's hard for those, like, those questions to, to be like, f- like strongly in your mind when you're at a certain stage in life. When, I, when I'm at a stage in my life that's much younger, like, I can, I can conceptualize oh, that's a question that's important to ask. Like, how are you going to take care of your grandchildren and how are you going to leave a legacy? Well, when I'm 22, 23, 25 years old, I understand the question, but it doesn't really mean a lot. It, it, it's not anchored in like the pressures and anxieties and and, and the and, and going through the, the hard roads. Yes. Right? So that's actually beautiful to me to hear that our daughter, a college freshman, has been like washed clean and reestablished in a vision of life that is um, that is flourishing in, in in a godly way, right? To have an exalted vision of married life and being a mother as a privilege and a gift and a goal and a noble pursuit. Let's go, right? <laughs> Come on. How about you, Tom? Any s- sense of vocation? Um, So I think that as a guy, I would more naturally be inclined to think of my boys. And um, for one of my sons, I do sense that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a call to the priesthood. And um, it's interesting because I have like two feelings about it. On the one hand, it's, that's so awesome. Like what a privilege, what a gift. And I would say, Lord, I don't want to mess this up, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be on us to get him up there. Well, <laughs> like we could corrupt I mean? him or expose no, no, him to no. things. What, what or... do you think I mean when I say I don't want to mess this up? Um, I don't want to denigrate the priesthood. I don't want to say why would you do that? Like that's a that's a 
Like that that's not a call for you. What are you why are you going to give up, you know, being a husband and a father? It's interesting in looking at the son, I feel like we our call as parents, our vocation has already stepped up another level. Like wait a minute, we need to pray the family rosary every night, so to speak. Because he has such conviction that is super natural. It's not natural what he desires. And I look at him and I know it's not anything that we have done to parent him because you can line him up next to his siblings and what he lives for and strives for is so beyond what a typical kid would do. And I feel both in awe and a little bit nervous, like I don't want to mess this up. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, but you're talking about just in terms of being faithful, <laughs> talking about in terms of being, well, maybe not. Uh, but here's, I said there were two parts to it. The first was, I don't want to mess this up, meaning I want him to know that I would be um, uh, appropriately proud if he were to to discern that call and pursue that call. And I mean that. Uh, but my second sentiment is only a sentiment that's lived in me for the last several years. And it unfortunately has grown and become stronger. And it would be but not a diocesan priest, and which is a terrible thing Tom, to say. Tom. Well, and, and, and sadly, it's because of what I have seen and heard and learned about ever more deeply regarding just corruption in seminaries and in church leadership, where it's like, I, it's like, am I throwing him into the wolves if, if he were ever to be there in that kind of seminary versus religious life? I would feel if God called him, he would protect him. Now, I know that some people, seminarians probably felt that too, and then they ended up leaving because of many different difficulties yeah, they had. way worse than that. Yeah. So, so, well, that's really interesting to think of it like that. Uh, that is where you go. You go to the, I want to protect my kids. You're the kind of dad who doesn't want us to sleep outside in case the wolves and the raccoons come and eat us in the middle of the night. <laughs> Where I'm like, oh, that sounds great. How awesome. This would be wonderful. Yeah, just let's, whatever let's God wants. Let's, 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 like, let's, let's pour blood and have raw meat around us so that, you know, like, let's see. Maybe we can attract some wild animals to come and we'll get some good pictures. I and do. We'll feel, scare them. I am very open. Like, I lack discernment sometimes because I am very. Wait a minute. I knew this was going to become is personal. Is this part of. Unveiling. Confession. I got there. We got there. <laughs> it took 15 minutes. We got I do, there. I, I, I just want everyone to win. I want everyone to have a good experience. I want everyone to be included. I want everyone to, I don't know, I just have this part of me. And, I, and it really does come from my mom. She was always like that. So, it, okay, now think of it this way. Let's, let's revert back to our own upbringings. Um, we take a look at our lives, our, our siblings' lives, the lives of friends, and it's like, wow. You know, um, some of our, you know, I, I've been very blessed to be married to you. Okay, let me just put it out there. Very blessed to be married to you. My married life, yeah, it's had some crosses, but it's been a very, very blessed, even easy life. If you're blessed, then what do you think I am? Uh, Spoiled? <laughs> well, uh, this, but my point is <laughs> that when I think about some of the challenges that, family members have faced it's like do we do you think about that for your kids i don't i don't think i can carry the weight there. of the world i just can take today and i can barely take the news of today i can barely take the cultural societal political conflicts that we are in in the midst of so for me to think like futuristic i'm just going to stay with father jacques philippe just the cares of today is enough. That's Jesus, actually. Father, oh. Father Philippe was quoting him. But Jesus said that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jesus said, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew really 6, smart. right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Come on. Like the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, okay. right? Come on. I'm just referring to the whole section in his book what, where he goes into the whole like psychological and spiritual, mental weight that you put upon yourself when you worry about the past. I am so much more in the, you know, the... Uh, 
King Jehoshaphat on his face before God, crying out in desperation. And, uh, you know, the, the high priest, Onias, fallen on his face because the enemies of God are coming to steal the tre- temple treasury. Uh, that's me. And, and it's like my only way to access a power that is divine that can overcome these evil enemies is through utter powerlessness and crying out to God in desperation as a source of protection, right? Well, there you go. There's a nice place to stop and let's take a break. <laughs> back in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. I'm on a date night with my wife. Yes. Carrie, I can't believe what you did during that break. You got the glass of wine. You actually brought down a bottle of a wine. A bottle. Boggle. You are breaking like new ground <laughs> on Sound Insight. New ground. Now, I have to say one thing that I think is indicative of our married life. You brought down a bottle. <laughs> do not. Yes. You are not going to call am, me out. I am. You brought Please down a bottle do opener. do not. What did the therapist say about you telling oh, on me? I, well, why don't you tell on yourself? Because you, you, you started laughing. You know exactly what you did. I brought down one glass. You brought down one For glass. us to share. <laughs> we're going to share it. Well, we're, we're at a distance where I can't okay, reach your Okay, but glass. I did offer you some during the break. What? And you were... Doing something else. Yes. I said, here, would you like some? What? I didn't even hear it. See, that's it. There's the problem, folks. Communication. No, literally, I did not want to bring two glasses down. I thought it's already. Why is that? Um, Were you afraid I was going to spill it? Yeah. Not that I've ever. (laughs) Are you kidding me? We only have one like low glass like this that doesn't tip. I don't like wine glasses because they trigger me for spills and then breaks our kids break the wine glasses in the dishwasher quite a bit and i don't know i just that sounds horrible what are you talking about i just thought we could share this now now i can't even i'm all done i'm not drinking anymore look at that it worked the strategy the strategy me out of that glass so today in the program we are um we're actually i have conversation starters that are used on date nights it comes from focus on the family and um we did not pick out questions um that we said, oh, let's talk about these. I give Carrie the list, I've got the list, and we don't know what the other one's going to talk about. So I like this, Carrie. I like the, and what this is, is this is actually the theology of event. The theology of event is that there's something that breaks in and breaks open. It's not the ordinary use of time. And, and the quality of newness, the quality of newness comes from the idea that something is covered, it's, it's undisclosed, and then it breaks into the open. And so because I don't know what question you're asking, it has an event quality. This is the philosophy or theology? Yeah, the philosophy. Well, okay. so... Uh, That's okay. Yeah. You don't, you don't even to have know. to go... It's okay. If the we point is continue that, down that road, we'll only probably get to one or two questions. I know, but I love it. But the, the whole point is, <laughs> is that it, it fosters a sense of personal. It fosters a sense of deepened communion. And, and for folks who've been married a long time, a deepened communion is a beautiful thing. Uh, I was talking with um, a fellow... Uh, a couple nights ago, again, just uh, regularly talking with listeners and stuff like that. And, and this fellow was sharing a bit about life circumstances. And, and he mentioned um, a, a woman he knew who was married 31 years and then ended up divorced. And, and my heart broke. My heart broke. I'm like, 31 years and then divorced? How does that happen? And part of the shock for me was what, Carrie? You and I have been married 27 years. We're nearing and that time. I'm like, well, I, and I just, it, what, what, what came in my mind was I, how I could just, it's like, it's, it's an unthinkable thing for me that somehow we would be together this long and raising kids and all of the life we shared. And then all of a sudden after 31 years, um, that, that, that gets ruptured and broken and it, it sounded like there was a situation that there was a victim, right? That the that the the, the mom, the wife, was a victim, and um, and and there was the departure of the husband, and and I'm just thinking, what a tragic sadness, and so that was one of the promptings for me to say, you know, on the program, I want to do things to bolster marriages, and and one of the things that will bolster marriages is breaking folks out of the ordinary set of things, the same old thing, so having a chance of having surprising, unexpected, unknown questions can foster something new. So I toss that out as a recommendation for you folks. And um, uh, Carrie, 
It's your turn. I'm going to add to that point, Tom, because oh, yeah, please, I feel like there are a couple of times in our marriage where I was failing you in whoa, how whoa. I was loving you. Just it's, it's recorded. Don't worry. You can listen to it again. Okay, <laughs> and I know we've talked about this whole comment um, and it, that uh, Dr. Laura has said on her podcast that actually comes from a book called on, it's called Marriage and Divorce. It was written like in the 1970s. And she will say, and in this book, it says, as long as you're seeking the interest comforts and happiness of the other love will grow and uh, you know to take that further a couple of questions that I've taken to heart that I've read through like marriage literature is am I putting the interest of my spouse first how are my selfish acts hurting my spouse so you just referred to I brought one glass of wine down (laughs) or one glass for wine to share but um and, and so it is really looking at my weaknesses first, not trying to point out my husband's limits and his weaknesses and his faults and his whatever it may be. It's really when we look at our own heart and we repent and we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and and form in us a heart that's just open and humble and striving to put the other first. I just don't know how love would not grow. Um, I feel like, you know, marriage can be a success as long as the selfishness does not enter into it. And I think that that's been years and years of me in prayer, reflecting and praying through some really hard times where I was truly being selfish and self-focused and what was me. And I can see how quickly the enemy will take that and run with it and cause huge divisions in marriage. So I imagine this couple, when you said that they'd been married 31 years, I'm like, oh, empty nesters. The kids have grown up and moved out. And and sort of the relationship that was there got revealed or exposed. And yeah. the brokennesses that were maybe obscured because of a focus on the kids, um, it disappeared. Um, that's really sad. You said something that, like, it jumped out at me when you said it. And it was, how is my selfishness hurting my spouse? I, I don't often go there. Like in my own thinking, um, I, I think that um, that happens in my mind when I think about sins of speech. Because I think that's where we tend to hurt each other the most is uh, we, I mean couples, is in harsh words, um, unkind words, being quick to... Uh, to get angry and to blame or to accuse or to denigrate, right? So many different, you know, there's like like a, a garden full of opportunities to use speech in ways that hurt. It shouldn't be called a garden. It should yeah. be called... Weed-filled. Uh, <laughs> the back lot where yeah. it's all rumbled. And... Right. A drug house <laughs> full of... Anyhow, um, so are we going to continue to talk about our own marriage. No, I, I just thought that was um that was powerful. And it um it, well first of all, thank you for sharing that. Um You are welcome. Another sip of wine, I might just share more. Ooh. Let's go. <laughs> hey, what is your favorite meal that I make and what is special about it? I don't think I know. Really? Um I like I immediately was going to fried chicken. <laughs> I don't make fried chicken. I know. <laughs> What wife is this you're talking about? No, it was my mom. <laughs> that was the funny thing. But as soon as you said, I'm what so is sorry. your favorite meal? I immediately went to fried chicken and potatoes. And I had the image in my mind, an image of a plate that had some fried chicken that was like it was homemade. And the potatoes were there. And there was some salad there on the plate, too. And then all of a sudden, I looked up from the plate and in there my was mind's your mom. eye, and there was my mom. <laughs> now, that literally and happened like, in your mind in three seconds. It did. Oh, no, one second. Yeah, a it thousand did. Well, one. You I, thought all that. I, to, be, to be honest with you, the first flash was the chicken and the potatoes and the, and the salad. And then I saw my mom, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is my wife. So I went to lasagna, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It was my mom who made the lasagna. <laughs> but wait, hold on. There's more. But there's wait, more. there's more failure. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We've got We're three more stories. And then the third one was... With some ma- mac and cheese. No, there was a bag of food that came from the restaurant, and you were holding it. So, <laughs> no, that is not... No. Uh, oh, but hold, That's my favorite meal. But you know what? 
you actually did um you did um learn to make lasagna from my mom and meatloaf from my mom now i don't think i've actually had either one of those since we've had kids so damn that's oh that was kind of <laughs> was that harsh was that like i can take it come on i had six it. older brothers they beat up me, on me all the time but is that all you got honestly honestly there were things that my mom made growing up that had an enduring like endear you know enduring and endearing for me enduring endearment um one was the uh, see if you can th- think of the third one uh it's um chopped Chop suey. You call it chop suey, but it's yeah. really not chop suey. Right. My, my chop suey is like a Chinese type. Meal. I know. I know. I don't. I don't know why we called it chop suey, but it was, it was like little macaronis, right? This is good. It's right before dinner time. We're like yes, with hamburger, on meals. with with uh, ground burger and tomatoes, and my mom. Oh my goodness, I love. Okay, that. I made it for you. And I, I thought this is the most basic recipe. So I added onions and garlic and like some good seasonings. And you're like, this is this is a too flavorful. I need it more bland. You have ruined <laughs> more it. basic. You have, you have ruined. And that's the last time I made it. My experience of it. The funny thing is, my mom told me uh, a while back. She said you really should get the recipes from Tina, your mom, to make for your husband because he would really appreciate those meals that he grew up with. And I didn't really appreciate what she said and i now that you're saying this i'm thinking oh yeah now i'm starting to realize as our daughter mary Catherine, and a couple of our kids are out of the house mary grace and amory they have called me on occasion to say i really miss this you know menu item i really miss this meal you make this meal and we'll send a photo of it all of us gathered around the table eating it and and um i'm like oh okay these it's not necessarily that it tastes amazing it reminds you it roots you it anchors you context in the ritual of home life and the yeah. family. So yeah, it takes me, I'm a little slow. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> just a little slow. <laughs> I, I, but you know, I, and here's the thing we're talking about. Here's the thing we're talking about these meals. I'm talking about meals. I haven't eaten really, really with my family in probably 35 years. And they're still that fresh and powerful in my mind. This is so striking. Like the, what? What are we talking about here? The importance, the foundational importance of family meals, the foundational importance of of creating memories around meals. Like um, someone did their like thesis on looking at all of the teaching that Jesus did during meals in the Gospels, and it was like some shockingly high percentage of Jesus's like teaching that occurred in the context of meals. Yes. It's like the the parable of the prodigal son and the lost sheep and the lost coin was at a meal. Did you know that? Right? Yeah, I think I did read or hear about what you're talking about. And I think I do have a little bit of like sadness that I'm not more eager to create and make meals I mean, we have dinner every night, would you say? Just about yeah. every night. Yeah, it's, a, it's an extremely rare thing where the kids are like, fend for yourselves, figure it out, and they have bowls of cereal and some toast. <laughs> it and used whatever. to be a lot more common when I had a lot more little ones. That, was actually, a, that, that was actually common. The go-to. Well, but, but it the was kids were around. simple, simple. It no. wasn't like the kids were out of the house. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, talk about like the enemy at work. Like if the devil wants to undermine, weaken, diminish, or destroy families, like destroy family meals. Well, and then when Mary Catherine says, I just want to get married and have children and be at home, and we laugh at that and think, that's just not living up to your potential. You have so much more to offer. I'm like what? Going and teaching other kids, other kids, other parents' kids, or I'm not against moms working, but. I just see how easy it is, and I say this to you all the time, I don't know how moms work and put a meal on the table at night. It just would seem impossible to me. Hence McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Hence Wendy's. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, so, uh, what about you? What about you? In terms hey, I'm of- still waiting to hear what meal you like the best. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what it is, Carrie? All right, okay, to be honest, in like the last, all right, uh, we'll, just con- we'll just say in like the last year. You can be honest and also awesome. Okay, I'll be honest and awesome. Be honest. My favorite meal in the last year was that incredible 
grilled steak. That you made. Oh, that's right. That you grilled. Oh, that's right. I grilled it. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Sorry. You walked into that one. You did. You walked into that. But that was good. You set that up, honey. Wasn't that good? Yeah, it was really good. That steak steak was really good. Oh, I also love that popcorn. Oh, I meant. Seriously. Oh, the coffee. It's the coffee. I'm still waiting for the meal. Um, Let me see. You're not very picky, so maybe. I'm not that picky. You made, it was like about a month ago or a month and a half ago, the kids were like, Mom, this is an amazing meal. I don't remember what it was, but I remember. <laughs> no, I don't remember what the meal was, but okay, I remember. Next the, question. No, the kids you're, were blown away by it. The kids get, were like, wow, this is amazing. Out. You can get enough. We, can we get this like every night? <laughs> right? All right. So, yeah. Wow, what a great encouragement for families like to fight for for family time, fight for meal time. I'm glad we got through two questions. Hey, I, I actually, great. a little comment. This was really cool. Um, this guy from the school, uh, a friend of our daughter's, is trying to like coordinate a trip that involves our daughter. This is at the Oaks. And uh, he said, hey, I, I really need to talk to you about this trip. I want to kind of get things coordinated. And I said, great. I said, I'm busy right now. Can I talk to you tonight after eight? And he responded back, can we push off till tomorrow because I don't like to be on the phone after dinner, like in the evenings. And I'm like, wow. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. You need to be. (laughs) (laughs) You need to take my call. I actually thought that was really cool. That's actually really awesome. No one's ever done that to me. No one's ever said to me, um, like, like people have said I'm not available, but to say I'm not available because I stay off the phone in the evening. I think that that's something I I need to do more of. All right, back in a minute. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. I'm with Kerry, and we're kind of we're we're using a hundred questions like for date nights. So we're kind of like doing a date night here. We're kind of sharing a little bit of um, stories, unexpected questions, because you don't know what I'm asking, Kerry, and I don't know what you're asking, uh, and just letting the conversation flow. And and it can be a really beautiful thing to help foster a sense of newness and what can be a like often be just sort of like the same old thing. No, it doesn't have to be the same old thing. So Carrie, my turn. All right. So Carrie, uh, what is our, what is your favorite tradition that we've started? What is your favorite tradition that we've started? Oh, there are so many. I'm trying to think my favorite um okay it would be going to disneyland every two no i'm just kidding Uh, i think the triduum um i think those three days of in ending the the lenten season with just very devotional long beautiful services um the way that it's formed our kids and our family in that season and I feel like we've done it kind of on our own. Like not a ton of families did it, would join us. It was something that we did as a family. Um, Let me ask this. I, I, I don't think Do I'm answering can, it very well, but no, I just I like really can like the holiness of it. a particular triduum that jumps out at you? I can one remember jumps out at me. so many. I remember the one in California. I remember That was the one I was oh, going to go to. <laughs> Yeah. The one last year in Spokane where we, or no, we were in Coeur d'Alene where we missed the beginning of Mass to go watch the Gonzaga game. You missed <laughs> the beginning the, of it Mass. It was overtime. I think there were two of us. <laughs> two of it was us. Overtime. That were in we had the to church. go. It was great. Um, yeah. yeah, the California trip was awesome, but it was such a huge event. Like just getting ready for it took a lot of time and prep. And I was, I think for me as the mom, just getting ready all the kids and. The length of time. I mean, we've gone to the point where some Triduums, we had the Appletons, remember, watch our kids when they were a brand new baby. And um, it's like a two or three year old because we didn't want to go too late into the night and have to be three hours at the Easter vigil, like actually out in the foyer the whole time with a a toddler that was crying or fussy or whatnot. So we just had babysitters hired. Um, Yeah, I think that's probably the most special but probably i wouldn't say the most fun but the most rich i i did not think you were going to go there really? i thought you were going to go with something like oh that we do the booing right? <laughs> no uh, or um oh the way that we celebrate easter you don't even or, know me this is so sad you don't know 
Just kidding. What would your right. what's your va- your favorite tradition? My favorite tradition is birthdays. Oh yeah, that's so special too. Well, and, and it's special because it's using your gifts, your gifts and my gifts. You're right. And it's sort of blending them together and saying, you know, you you design the in in like beautify. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? I have no idea. Well, the, the table, the breakfast table. Decorate. decorate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's that really yes. tricky word, decorate. Yes, I decorate the space. Yeah, you decorate the space. Balloons and streamers. And you get the other kids involved in special plates and all that. And the kids get to pick, or the birthday kid gets to pick the breakfast. And so that's just a, like a sign of special, right? They get to design like a, a special breakfast. And I then, have a new one. What? Our girls weekend, which we didn't do this year. You know, that really makes me feel I know. very loved. It's actually, I, I yeah. really, really enjoy that. And it's got a, the funny thing about traditions and ritual, when you create them, they seem so meaningless and silly when the kids are little and young. And they like them and they remind you of them. But the way in which they get stronger and more powerful with time, there has to be some theological meaning in that. But I feel like over time, these traditions, our kids yearn for they ache for they reminisce about it they have a life of their own that is beyond what i ever even thought these silly traditions would mean or be and there's something in that that's um i guess as a new mom i would have wanted to know more about that so that i would form and create the rituals in the right way and and do the best of the best maybe because you can't do everything and you have to pick and choose and i know there are so many awesome um, traditions or um, things that families do that we don't do that I just love. Like just recently, I'm trying to in- implement this new birthday song and my kids all laughed at me, but I just loved, I watched this little video on Facebook of this family singing happy birthday. And then after happy birthday, they sing this really fun, cutesy, happy birthday song, but it's fast and it's upbeat and it's clapping. And I'm like, I want to do that. I want to be that family. And the, what it is, is you see in other families what you hope for your family. Like when we pray the rosary with the D'Angelo's, I love how they sing the guardian angel song at the end. And I'm like, I want this. I want this for my family. So it's kind of cool to hang out with other families or see other things that people do and then like take the best of what they do and bring it into your family. I mean, but obviously I think the best things are those that come from, like they're just real organic. It's it's what your family is. It's not you're not trying to conform to another ritual. It's just what you guys become or what you make of it. Yeah, I, and what you're saying there, I think it's a kind of a nice bookend to what I started with, which is, folks, if you're listening to this, like, uh, pay attention to what God has blessed you with, right? So I love to affirm, Carrie. You love to buy gifts, and so the birthday celebrations involve both um, affirming each other, like everyone affirms the birthday child, and, and you're really sensitive to make sure that kids feel celebrated through the gifts they give. Um, so um, you can do that in your own way, you know, folks that are listening. Uh, like, what are the gifts that God's given you? And design that special tradition or custom around the giftings that God has given you. Can Sounds I just you- say something about this? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we're going back to the family in uh, Western Washington for Christmas. Before Christmas, we do a, a girls, um, all the girl cousins, yeah, aunties. Yeah, Marie's flying back for that. Oh, She's is flying she? back from Boston. She's oh. like, I, I, I'm trying to find out when's going to happen. I want to make so sure cool. I'm there. And that whole idea of I want to be there. Yes. I don't want to miss that. And so we gather and do this wonderful dinner. And um, my sister hosts it at her place. But then this year, we're adding on to it. We're going to do a gingerbread making night with Christmas carols. And then we're going to do some kind of outing. And it might be like to just go see like the lights um, around the area and find a great restaurant. Or we're trying to do something that's not too expensive. But then it evolved into, as I was talking to my sister, well, let's do, you know, we don't just have to meet for the meal. We could extend it to like several hours. Let's get into conversations and talk about this year and talk about what we hope for next year or um, let's create um, a craft or bring a gift or do something that builds. And I said, let's do something that builds upon legacy so that five years from now we can look back and say, remember when we made this item or we brought this item or we created this, this model for the year or some kind of family saying, or maybe we exchanged names 
of different nieces and, and um, grandchildren to create. I think you should have been like a cruise director. <laughs> you would have been great on Love Boat. I think it was just, that person, Julie. It just took on, I'm telling you, that's right. It just took on a life of its own. As we were talking just a couple of days ago, and she's in town. I'm so excited. My two sisters are here visiting me, so I'm really happy. Um, but I feel like, especially in today's age, there's this whole book about tribes and just the sense of belonging and rituals and traditions and that kids are searching and longing to belong to something. And if you don't give them that identity and you don't mark for them who they are and where they've come from and where they're going, they will find it elsewhere. And the world speaks many, many messages every day to us and forms them. And so even it went into that, like, how do we want to form this time where we are speaking truth and light and goodness into their hearts of these young, my nieces and nep- nieces, it's all the girls, and um, my own kids, and, you know, as well as the aunties, just speaking life and truth about what it means to be a Catholic Christian today, what it means to be a woman of God, what it means to have dignity and character. And so it was just kind of cool. So now what became like, okay, just once a year, we're doing this little like Advent dinner it's now like, okay, let's do like do a whole day or a whole whatever. Now, because, you know, you have two weeks off at Christmas and it's a great time right before the New Year's to set in stone. Well, what are we about? And what is 2022 going to look like? Well, anyhow, I, that, okay, I'm glad we've gotten to like you two covered questions. covered like seven things <laughs> no, in that answer. Just, it's like, the wine. I'm like, yeah, I'm I just like, start, the ideas start flowing. Holy cow. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was I was trying to think of like okay I can respond to this piece of what you just shared and then you kind of went downstream I'm and you sorry. threw some more like crumbs in the water I'm like okay I'll swim after those and and man now we got the like the the water's covered by bread I can walk across the water now <laughs> with all the the different themes that you've just kind of put out there I'm, I'm kind of stunned at a in, at a loss so I'm gonna actually let you ask me a question okay um, on dating this looks like I have to put my glasses back on uh, I'm against it for married people. okay okay good great it was um, which oh it says which of the dates which of our dates do you consider I can't read this word some of your favorite which ones didn't turn out the way you expected and which ones would you not care to repeat can you oh, remember wow. back that far? <laughs> I know, really. Talk about like throwing some breadcrumbs you, hey, around again. You're giving Carrie, me all these options. We, I'm just going to go all the way. We brought up a date that we had where I felt a little bit exposed in front of our kids. If you, I don't know if you remember I, it. I'm thinking. We're going to have to tell I remember it back the look you Honey, gave me. I love you. But okay? I can't remember. I'm going to tell you in a minute on Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program, Carrie. Welcome back. Carrie, you asked about a date. We're going over some questions. And again, the idea here is what? Uh, the unexpected can lead to newness and freshness and developing of a more personal relationship, even in couples married 27 years. And so our hope is that as you become more personal in your relationship with God, it'll overflow in your relationship with your spouse, your kids, others in your lives, and vice versa. There's that return effect back into your relationship with God. You learn to be more conversational with the Lord. So Carrie said, which dates were memorable? Which ones didn't work out so well? Which ones didn't work out so well? That's where we're going. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it was, I, I love I can't you. believe you threw that out at the dinner table I, like three days ago. I don't, I didn't think it was like, I don't the know. I didn't like, really think oh, about it. I'm more dude. just like telling a story. Well, and it was Sorry. the first time I said, I love you to Carrie. And she said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Did I actually just say thank you? You I just think said, I said, that is so nice. That is so nice. <laughs> yeah. I think I would have preferred you thank so you. so amazing. Yeah. Well, it was like our first date. So I was Wasn't like a our, little taken off. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> taken off. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I, I was, um, yeah. I, I, I was a date to mate guy. In other words, I didn't just have casual girlfriends. And that, that was kind of my sense of vocation. And so I would only end up like going on a date with a girl once or twice. And it was just so clear to me that this person isn't in my heart, that, that there's this, this is not it. And so when we had gone out our first time and I had that sense of, wow, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you, 
that it advanced. It just moved things forward so quickly in my we mind. We did move quickly. Like I, I'm not saying that I didn't respond with "I love you." I just had it had to be the right thing for me, but it moved very fast. Yeah, it was awesome because I dated enough guys, and I wasn't like dating like like you said. I was dating to find somebody, not just let's just hang out for in two a years. Or, way. Right, and so once I. I, I got over the hard date in your experience with me, which oh was gosh. the phone call. The I, phone call where... Okay, I think you said... Wait, did you say you loved me before that phone call? No, it was after. It was like about a month after that. I couldn't... Because it, it was in early mid-November where we did the call where I said, you were like, why haven't we... Like, I wanted to come home to think. I wanted to go to Thanksgiving in Boston oh. with you. And I was so lonely. And I'm like, I'm not staying in Virginia Beach by myself. So I was trying to talk you into like bringing me home to meet your family. And I don't even know if I was talking you into it. I think I just said, oh, so do you think I should go meet your family? <laughs> hey, nothing else to do for Thanksgiving. It sounds like a great trip. And then you were exhausted because you had been traveling around the globe doing something with Father Tom Forrest. And you were, I remember you being that exhausted. I'm like, I do... And, and just saying in our married life, I've not seen you that exhausted often a couple of other times. And so... Boy, I don't remember that part of it. That's so interesting. How tired you were. How tired I was at that moment. You just... So you would go, 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 and then you just would go home and crash. Yeah. You needed just Oh, I remember to that. Just do nothing and just be loved on by your parents and just not have to take care of a girlfriend and manage her. Not that I was high maintenance. Wait, was I high maintenance? I was not high maintenance. <laughs> have some more wine. <laughs> okay, so... Um, yeah, so I, I had said to you that I wasn't sure that we were compatible. Oh, that's right. Because you weren't able to step up, stand on your own two feet. That I needed someone who was not afraid to be a leader. And you got so mad. I just laid into you. It was great. You should have known, but that should have been your first clue. Yeah. <laughs> to not argue with this woman. No, the funny thing is that day I had gone to adoration in front of, in front of the Blessed Sacrament and... Um, I was praying about our, our relationship. I was sincerely saying, Lord, what do you want from us? And there were several things that he revealed to me that came to fruition in that conversation we had where I just said, and I kind of gave back to you what the Lord spoke to my own heart. And I think it just helped clarify to you that I was the one for you. See how the Lord works? <laughs> so basically what you're saying is you're the Holy Spirit in my life. That you're the voice hey, of God in my life. And sometimes the I wife just has that call. Listen and obey. Okay. That's <laughs> it only good. lasts that's it only lasts like the first year. And well, then the honeymoon's over. It was like oh, first of all, I don't ever remember you telling me that. Somehow you remembered that too. Not only did you remember that I was super tired, but you remember that you went to adoration that day and then shared from that. It that was like so that cool. morning or the day before. Yeah. And then I think that is so like wow. What what a beautiful like that's that's like the neatest surprise in this whole like we couldn't have scripted that. Right? I love that. Thank you God. Thank you Lord. Amen. So then so, back to when you said you loved me. It was a month later. It was uh after I got back from Thanksgiving. It was like a 2 weeks it later because you ended up at, at our house for you came to Seattle for Christmas. So it yes, had I been did. Like a couple weeks. weeks after that, when was that Christmas? And we you have to give me like a week to say I love you back before you would come to our house, right? I don't remember when I told you I loved you. I think it was on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure I didn't text it? Oh, wait, that was before I think texting. It was, you know, I just want you to know I love you too. <laughs> so I saw how devastated you were. Oh, it's just like, oops. I yeah, missed, you kind of stepped in I at that time. That. Oops. Uh, and it wasn't that I, don't, I didn't love you, but I wanted it to come from a place of... Um, um, well, it, it had know. to like live in you. I had you to had live to have in that me. sense of peace because that you also did that when we got engaged. Because um, I we came back from Christmas, my visit out here, visiting your family, with this sense of we're going to get married, and that and, that came to us over your visit. In, yeah, when in we went Christmas to Whistler, time. it was very powerful. It was but very. It awesome. wasn't until um, late February, early March. So it was a couple of, you know, a couple of months later where I said, um, you know, I'm going to ask you to marry me and, um, you know, we're going to get married. I didn't say it like that. I said, we're going to get married and like, yes, let's get married. And, um, and you said, give me some time before you ask me to marry you before you give me the ring, because then I'll be walking around wearing a ring and I want to live 
live with that idea inside myself. How, to, do you remember how you said it or what it was? Yeah, I just needed time to arrive to that idea that I'm marrying you. And I was totally wanting to marry you. There was no doubt in my mind at all. But I just needed to enjoy that, that moment, that space of dating or courting, whatever you'd call it back then. Um, and it felt for me very rushed compared to many people had seen date, you know, like I went to Franciscan and people, it was interesting. I told Mary Catherine this when she went, I said, Mary Catherine, there's like many people I knew, I know who got married and they met like the first semester, like as freshmen and they dated all four years. And I was like encouraging her not (laughs) to like start dating someone right away. But, um, I was not, I was surprised at how quickly we fell in love and how quickly the energy ignited between us. And I just was like, wow, I just need time to process all of that. And I think that's exactly why I didn't say to you, oh, I love you too. It just did not feel like the right moment, but it would have been the perfect Hallmark moment. I totally would have failed if I had to write a Hallmark script. No, now I know how to write it. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, that would have been a great makeout session if I had said I love you back. <laughs> Instead, I'm like, yeah, I guess time to go home. Yeah. Okay, okay, there we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah all right next question are we almost uh, done one have, more question yeah you can ask one more wait did you all right i'll ask you i one think more. i asked you that That's question true. okay here we go uh, i'm gonna go just swing down and um how did your family view playtime was it frowned upon or encouraged is that really what you want to ask no but i just kind of zoomed down and grabbed oh, one we like playing okay tradition. too much too much playing Let's see here. Uh, learning new things. What other topics can we explore intellectually together as a couple? Seriously. Yeah. Okay. The one that I just talked about before we started, I really want to go back and look at the church fathers and look at the time of Augustine and the Protestants say Augustine. Is that correct? Right. That's why I always confuse. I'm like, wait, is it Augustine or Augustine? Are these two different people? I don't know. It's like, okay. Well, you better ask St. Bernard. <laughs> or St. Teresa of Avila. No, St. Bernard. Right? I know. I say Avila. No, it's too. supposed to be St. Bernard. It is? It is. All right. Oh, that uh, yeah, that, just, that, that Catholic joke work. just went way yeah. over. No, but um, I think we're in a time period right now where we're post-Christian, and we're moving into a secular society, and... I want to learn from history, and I want to gain strength and insight from the church fathers. Just how do you navigate this time? How do you keep your eyes focused on Christ and not on getting caught up in the... And how about good examples? Because, um, like, was it for us yesterday, over two days ago, if you're listening, was the feast of um, St. Leo the Great. Yes. Pope St. Leo the Great, who presided over the church during the end of the Roman Empire. So the barbarians are literally at the gates. Yes. Literally. You know, uh, so Attila the Hun coming to sack Rome. And and this Pope, God raised up to be a saint and to be not just a saint, but to be great in the midst of a completely crumbling society. And it's like, we can do that. So I'd like to look into a book or read something with you because I know you understand this way more than I do and I want to find strength from it and lean into it I just feel like I need stronger I need a stronger foundation I feel like the church is compromised and I feel like the it's just a really hard time to be in so I think Father Nagel would say read the family that overtook God it was the story of St. Bernard of Clairvaux and how like all of these saints came out of that family and all these family members ended up becoming religious. We're going to read a book. We've yet to watch the movies. Uh, <laughs> we haven't watched these right. two movies we're Carrie, supposed to watch. Carrie, end of the program. <laughs> God bless you guys.